Hello, friends. Welcome to Ave Spotlight. Today, we are talking to Father Cassidy Stinson, and we're talking all about Pentecost. Welcome, Father Cassidy. Hey, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to chat with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I guess the most important thing about me is I am a priest. I am a priest in the Diocese of Richmond, Virginia. I was ordained not quite two years ago now on June 1st, and coming up on my second anniversary, I am the youngest priest in my diocese, which is no surprise to anyone who's seen me. I'm also a part of a convert family. A lot of people think that's fun to know. Oh, whoa. Oh my gosh. Okay. That is really fun to know. How did you get to wanting to be a priest as a part of a convert family? That's a great question. So it's funny because the two things are related in one way and not in another. Okay. So for me, my parents really did the hard work of converting. I joined the church with my parents when I was about 12 years old. And that was a journey they both went through. God led them in two different ways at the same time, kind of separate from one another to the Catholic church. And so I saw their example and their witness of just boldly following where God was calling was really the decisive factor for me in saying, okay, I'm starting to feel this initial call to the priesthood, which for me didn't happen until college. But once I started feeling drawn, I had their witness to say, God's will is worth following. I should do it quickly. So it helped. And 12 years old too. I mean, you've already been living life at that point. So that's really huge. That's awesome. And you're enjoying being a priest. Is it pretty dope? It's the best. It is the greatest thing. You know, even with all the craziness that has happened and the majority of my priesthood now with COVID and everything, still been the best two years of my life. No question. Wow. Okay. If you had to identify, and I always ask like all my priest friends this, if you had to identify like one of your favorite things about being a priest besides the Eucharist, which is obviously top tier, that's like best one. Because I feel like also that might be a cop-out answer for you guys, although it is the best one. What would you say is your second favorite thing? So I'm going to give you two answers for the price of one. Whoa, okay. The first answer was sort of another cop-out answer, which was (laughs) hearing confessions. Ah, Um, okay. And it's funny because hearing confessions is actually sometimes a challenging thing as a priest, Mm. but to have heard confessions is amazing, to Mm. be a vessel for the mercy of God. It was the thing I think that alongside the Eucharist, I most look forward to about becoming a priest. I was just really longing because of how transformative confession was for me. I was really longing as a seminarian to give that to the world, to the church as a priest. And it's been amazing. You know, I see miracles of grace every day, pretty much in the confessional. Now, that being said, there's another answer, which is on a very human, beautiful level, Being a parish priest in particular, I get to be invited into people's families as a spiritual father. And I experience spiritual fatherhood in this huge diversity of ways where that is something I know for a fact I wouldn't experience in that kind of way in marriage, which was the vocation I thought I was called to at first. And so being invited as a priest into people's homes, you know, to spend time sharing my witness helping people. You know, I helped a family not too long ago go through their whole conversion process of joining the church. It was this huge grace. And becoming a spiritual father in all these ways is so joyful. It's the root of a lot of my joy as a priest. Wow, that is so beautiful. And that definitely makes me feel better when I see a 
priest anywhere and I'll stop them as they're walking and ask them to hear my confession. So although I know that you guys definitely, you know, probably also want to take time to walk, I'm glad that you guys appreciate hearing our confessions. It's definitely a gift and I'm very grateful that y'all do that for us. So this episode, we're going to talk all about Pentecost. So I grew up in a very like we were a very seasonal Catholic family. So we only went to mass on Christmas and then when I had to go for school. So when I went to college, like a Catholic college, I finally started learning more about liturgical seasons and awesome church liturgies and events. And so Pentecost was like the first time I encountered it was in college. But still as an adult, I am a little perplexed as to what it actually is. It kind of just seems like this day that we all are celebrating and nobody spoke the same language. And then after that, I just kind of lose track of like what it actually is. So can you kind of give us an overview of what Pentecost is and why it's important? Yeah, absolutely. So fundamentally, the reason Pentecost is a big deal in the Catholic liturgical life, liturgical calendar is this is the day in which we are celebrating the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles and upon the Virgin Mary in Jerusalem. And this is a good image, I think, to really get across like why it has such pride of place in our calendar is it is, we know, the birthday of the church. It is the day of the church's origin being brought together in that way by the Holy Spirit and when they were sent out to proclaim the gospel. So if there are any parents who are listening and you're thinking, how do I explain this feast day to my children? You know, why are we wearing red today? Just as we celebrate Christmas as the birthday of Christ, right, Pentecost stands alongside Easter and alongside Christmas in this great place of solemnity because it is the birthday of Jesus, right? Mm. And therefore, we party. Wow. Okay. I love that. Any reason to party? I'm so into that. How do you celebrate Pentecost on that day? You know, I feel like I'm still kind of figuring it out because there's so much history to the way Pentecost has been celebrated. And a lot of it I didn't know until relatively recently. Like, for example, do you know about the octave of Pentecost? Have you heard of that? No, I have not. So until relatively recently, I think it was one of the things that changed liturgically after Vatican II. I could be wrong about that. Someone might need to fact check (laughs) me. The Octave of Pentecost was something that we would celebrate just as we celebrate Christmas and Easter with eight full days. It's really liturgically like an eight-day day in which you're celebrating that feast. Pentecost was likewise celebrated as an octave. And so that's one of the things that I think is a great way to celebrate Pentecost is just to continue praying with the themes of Pentecost through the week that follows. You know, as a priest, one of the things I can do is I can celebrate a vote of Mass of the Holy Spirit. I can continue to pray with these prayers and the way the Holy Spirit works and acts in the church. And so that's one thing I would say is just, you know, take that whole week, maybe. Make that your Holy Spirit week. Read the writings of the saints on the Holy Spirit. You know, do it different ways, you know, for your family, maybe. But that's a great way to carry that forward is it's actually a very traditional way to pray through that feast. Okay. I'm loving as I get older that there's better ways to celebrate liturgical days than just going to Chick-fil-A. So I love your ways. Very practical, very holy. So I think one of the other things I would add actually is just to say like, it's a transitional time. Like that's the other thing to keep in mind is 
if you're thinking about this in terms of your identity as a Catholic, this is the transitional time between when we're celebrating Easter, right, the resurrection where we've received this great gift of Christ's resurrection, and then ordinary time is where we are going out and proclaiming it to the world. Pentecost is this bridge between the two, where we are drawing together through the power, through the influence of the Holy Spirit, and asking the Lord for the gifts that we need to carry out our ministry. So it's also a great time, all that is to say, to reflect on your own spiritual gifts, how the Lord is calling you to ministry, and kind of praying through that maybe before whatever you're doing for the summer. Ministry, service you can do this year. You know, this is a good time to discern that, to pray for that. Okay. I'm into that. Oh my gosh. Okay. You know, I realize that, I mean, probably like a lot of us, I go through a lot of moments in my life where I have no reflection. Do you ever have those moments where you're like, wow, I just like woke up or I just did that whole week and I didn't think once. I just kind of like existed. I did my job or I like managed to make dinner every night and I never really reflected or sat with myself or thought like, how can I spiritually contribute to my own life or the life of my friends or whatever. So that is a really good thing to reflect on for sure. Absolutely. And I mean, it's core to the mystery that is at the heart of Pentecost is that all the apostles and Our Lady, right, before they went out and did all this ministry and all this preaching, they were gathering together and praying, right? Mm -hmm. They were gathering together and they were celebrating the liturgy. It was born out of prayer. And we really can't thrive in terms of handing on the gospel, whether we're doing it externally in some kind of, you know, quote unquote, official ministry role, or just handing it on to our families if we don't first pray, right? That's what Pentecost spells out really clearly. Wow. I'm really going to have to like pick up my prayer life. What is that? Okay. That's awesome. So I know that 2020 and 2021 has been like insane for many reasons. And sometimes when mostly now when you go on things like Instagram or Facebook or just the internet in general, it can just be a hodgepodge of like sadness and anger and mess. And it doesn't really seem like there's a lot of Holy Spirit energy and life happening there. And so I think in this new year, at least for me, I really want to be intentional about how I incorporate and welcome the Holy Spirit into my life and my spirit. And so hopefully then I can be a better person for myself and then for my, like my broader community. So how do you think that we can kind of invite the Holy Spirit into our lives? And what do you think that can do for like our broader community and our world? That's a very heavy handed question. So yeah, no, that's a great question. I think there are a couple different ways you can take this to heart. One is, and I'm biased as a priest, but I think it's really great to remember how much the Holy Spirit is part of our liturgy and our prayer life communally as Catholics. And I don't think a lot of people recognize this. Like, you know, if you don't go to a parish that has a particularly charismatic, if you will, way of praying or celebrating the liturgy or music, right, that might not become clear to you. But listen really carefully this Sunday or whenever you go to Mass to the words of the Eucharistic prayer that the priest prays. Every time he invokes the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in the Eucharistic prayer through the Epiclesis in particular is being called upon as the unifier. The Holy Spirit is the force that brings everyone together. We see that in the book of Acts chapter two, right? Pentecost, that's how people can understand things in their own language. It's not that the apostles 
are able to speak it in their own language, it's that people who are listening are able to hear. It's because the Holy Spirit is acting in all their hearts. Now, I think with that in mind, right, you can kind of hold that alongside. I love to point to Mary, who is traditionally always depicted in all these beautiful paintings and images we have of Pentecost. We can remember that part of that vocation, right, or part of the way in which we as Catholics can put this mystery of Pentecost into practice, the celebration into practice, is again, right, beginning with this contemplative role. We, we have largely lost our contemplative minds mm. in modern society, right? We spend a lot of time uh, surrounded by noise. It might sound paradoxical, right, with all the preaching and the rushing wind and everything. Make time for silence. Mm. Because that is where we're going to be in a place where we can, like Our Lady, receive Christ right? Respond to his will. I would say, think about it in those two ways. Certainly the way in which we need to engage, I think, if you wanted to make it really practical in the liturgy, when we're engaging, bring all of your intentions and concerns, you know, in your local community, in your family, in the world, sure, but think about ways in which you can pray through what is happening in your life, and ways in which you see a need for the Holy Spirit's action, bring that to Mass, bring that to prayer. I think a lot of people may often forget that the Mass is such a powerful time of intercession. It is a time in which we are calling the Lord to really renew our world, renew our communities through that action of the Holy Spirit. So just listen for that, pray through that as you are with other members of the community, because It is when we are together that our prayer is most efficacious and most powerful. Whoosh. Okay. Wow. I like want to just go to mass right now. That is so great. Sometimes I forget that the mass is like our greatest prayer as a church. And I mean, oftentimes I will go to mass and I'm like, all right. And all I can think about is how great my brunch is going to be afterwards. But when you put it like that, I really do have much more of a will now to get it together. So Thank you so much for sharing that. My pleasure. So at the end of every one of our episodes, I asked our guests what their hope for the week is. So this can be anything from like you're just really excited to make dinner or you're really excited to run a marathon. I can go first if you need some time to think. Otherwise, if you're ready, you're more than welcome to go. How are you feeling? Go for it. I want to hear yours. Okay. Whew. Okay. Well, I feel like mine has to be really good. You drop in real knowledge bombs today. So let me see. Well, my hope for this week is I am moving. I live in Philadelphia, so I'm moving to Florida and I'm making the 14 hour drive by myself. Oh, um, yeah. Which is cool though, right? Maybe I'm romanticizing it, but I got Trader Joe's snacks And I'm just like, I pumped up my playlists and I'm just really excited to be alone. I think after this whole year of coronavirus and living with four other women, I was just around people so much. I'm excited to be by myself. So my hope is that I use that time well. And I'm really excited to check out some cool churches. I'm going to make that trip like just three days (laughs) and just take forever. So excited to check out some cool churches and stop at McDonald's as many times as I want. So that is my hope for this week. How about you? I feel like I'm giving a lot of stereotypical priest answers, but (laughs) again, that being said, I get to celebrate a first communion mass this coming Saturday. 
going to be just really beautiful. We have a huge number of kids, I think like 65 kids making their first communions. Wow. And like, it'll be, I believe the biggest crowd we have had back in the church since COVID. I think it's going to be our largest crowd back. So it'll be this huge, joyful event. And I'm really looking forward to that. Wow. And for first communion too, that's so sweet. That's so interesting because First Communion is one of my core memories when I think of my childhood. Just I remember looking at my First Communion dress the months prior, just being like so excited to be and then go to the First Communion classes and practicing how we're going to receive Jesus. And then the awesome Carvel ice cream cake I had at the party afterwards. Wow, that is so awesome. And you have a mega parish too. So that should be a really like fun celebration. Congratulations to all of your kids. Thank you. They're really looking forward to it. I know that. Oh, wow. That is, wow. That's so beautiful. So Father Cassidy, where can we find out more information about what you are up to, what you're doing? Where can we follow you? I am on, I guess, most social media platforms. Twitter is my big one, but also Instagram and yeah, most social media, you can find me at the happy priest. Oh, I love that. Okay, sweet. Well, we'll put that in our show notes and then people can follow you from there. But thank you so much for being with us and chatting with us and just being an awesome priest. And also, if you guys are listening, which you are at this point, um, when is your priest anniversary again? It is coming up on June 1st. Okay, June 1st, y'all. If you could say a prayer, put it in your Google calendar. We'll all be praying for you. And we are so grateful that you are a priest, especially now. We really appreciate you. So thank you so much, Father Cassidy. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you to Father Cassidy for being our guest. Don't forget to check him out on social media at The Happy Priest and put in your Google calendars for June 1st. It's his priestly anniversary. We're so grateful for all of our priest friends and we're going to pray for their ministries daily. Thank you guys so much for listening again. I'm looking forward to talking to y'all next week. God bless. Please pray for me and I'll be praying for you. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.